I am unashamed. What about you? So life with the coronavirus is one thing. And then yesterday, which on our time was Easter Sunday, so we have our service together in our house. You know, we take the Lord's Supper like we've been doing. How did how did the po- uh, live stream look? Like you call it the podcast? I thought it was fantastic. Oh, good. I'm. I'm. I haven't talked. I to mean, anybody we had a. We had a. Couple, I'm doing it live, so I can't tell how it's going. I thought the sermon was fantastic, which I told you. I, everybody's doing this live streaming. I think what we're doing, it's there's an authenticity about it. It yeah. it seems real. So I. I, I we like it. Our, I don't know if we talked about this before. By, by the way, it's WF, WFRchurch.org. If you no, you talked it. about it because there's people coming that's, that they say, I'm coming here because you recommended it on the podcast. Oh, good. What I, so, no, I was going to say was I don't know if we've talked about the way we do it. So we kind of got our guy. He's like His name is Ryan. We call him Ryan Seacrest. He kind of – He's like the engine everything runs around. So he does a lot of back and forth live with Facebook and stuff that's going on, prayer requests. So yeah, I, I thought it really makes it really real, like connected. It's, it's interactive. I, look, I'm on there uh, talking to people. I, I talk to mainly the people that come from the podcast on on Facebook. It's yeah. the only time I'm ever on. It's is now <laughs> on our on our interactive. So you know. Yeah, but like yesterday, there was a guy. He came. He's like, hey. Jace, because he saw that I was there somehow or another. I don't know how that works. And uh, he's like, will you baptize me? And I was like, well, look, you know, it's kind of hard to baptize somebody in a virtual world. But um, so I was like, I, I went First Corinthians one seventeen, which says, you know, so y'all are Paul, having this discussions while, while the live stream is going Well, on. we talked about that yesterday. What's so weird about this is most of the time when the preachers are preaching, every, everyone's quiet except for your amens. Or like we have a guy, Kurt Lively, who hollers out Jesus at the top of his Did you notice we had about three or four Kurt moments in the studio yesterday? Yeah, it's awesome. And then I want to introduce uh, what they do in the African-American communities. I would love to introduce the well. (laughs) Which is you're not quite sure about that. (laughs) That means I have a difference of opinion. And if you would give me a moment, I would fix your theology. But that's a joke, (laughs) but not really. And so I'm having these conversations because in the in online everybody's talking, which seems weird, and because Missy won't do it, she, I look at the Facebook, she goes to the church uh, where they're doing it, the their website, stream. yeah, because she doesn't want to be distracted. Would, would you say the pandemic has has created a new paradigm whereby more people are actually turning to social media? To talk to others, get that information <laughs> because they're convinced that the, the the virus can't go through the computer wires going to the satellite. Yeah, it's in computer not, land, Mister so Conspiracy safe. Theorist. The <laughs> the virus cannot go in the virtual world. Yes, I mean these. Uh, is there an uptick? I'm, oh. I'm not familiar with the instruments y'all are talking about. The devices. Is there an uptick in people conversing with one another? Uh, let me give you one company's example. This now everyone's going to this Zoom video, yeah. which all it is, and I'm familiar with it because I I bought their stock a long time ago, which made me look like a genius. <laughs> I didn't know this was going to happen. That's another area that I'm not familiar. <laughs> well, with. Well, that's fine. But look, I saw a stat the other day. They said before the coronavirus, they had 10 million 
users, you know, that was using it. Well, now they have 200 million. And yeah, my mode it, of operandi <laughs> is make you a stash and sit on it. That's, yeah. that's my, that's, that's so, old school. There's so, a story in the Bible. Said, well, you need to invest because, you know, in the stock market mm-hmm. in the next decade, I'm like. So, Dad, what is the word, what is the word Zoom? When you say, when you hear the word Zoom, what, in your mind, what does that mean? Big bunch of ducks coming out of air quick. <laughs> they, they, Zoom. <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> okay. There we are. So, anyway, I'm interacting with these people during the service. And uh, so the guy said, well, we baptized me. I was like, look. First Corinthians one seventeen. Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. You know, my job is to introduce Jesus to people. He's listened to the podcast. He's fallen in love with Jesus. Great. It's insignificant who does the baptizing. I know this is a sore subject with people because in our culture, from a governmental standpoint, they say you have to be ordained, mm-hmm. which all Al and I knows that all that means is that somewhere some organization put deemed your, you put your name on a piece yeah, of paper yeah put it and signed it so you know I mean, just think about which that which now you can do it on the internet you don't even have to go to school that's what I'm saying which ridiculous. is kind of ridiculous so it doesn't doesn't matter and and Paul addresses on, that cuz look people what they were doing they started following the people who were baptizing them yep well be, yeah. and and so to me I feel uncomfortable when someone from eight states over says, will you baptize me? Because I'm thinking, have you missed the point? You know, I mean, I, I, okay, that's cool. But that's not the point here. It's not, so I, you know. So but I, you know why they ask. It's not, it's not a theological reason they ask. It's a, they connected to us, to one of us or all of us. Know, that's why I they don't, ask. I'm saying that makes no, you're me right. uncomfortable. You're right you theologically. To, I'm just saying you connect, emotionally people connect. You connect to Jesus. I would but, have just told him to refer to someone closer than than you were. Well, with. that's what I did. I was like, in the virtual world, I'm not. You know, you can find somebody to baptize you. But I did use a line that I had used before that I should have brought up in the in the podcast that someone reminded me of. I have a couple of people that listen to our podcast, and they're like walking encyclopedias, you know. <laughs> so they're all the time sending me texts, or they'll call me about some deep theological thing. But uh, he and I used it. I said, "Look, because remember when I talked about and you talked about it yesterday, I noticed that uh, some of the stuff we had talked about on the podcast about baptism being a funeral, yeah, but you were talking about the burial, the burial. of Jesus and and the significance. I thought that of was that. really poignant. I had I had not thought of that till you brought it up on the podcast. That's why I mentioned. Yeah. It. Well, here's here's a good point. You realize that baptism, which I should have said this before in John three, we're in John four now, but baptism is the only thing." Where three things occur simultaneously, you have a funeral, and that's what I zeroed in on. Your old self is is buried. You have a wedding because you're actually married to Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church, yep, right, right. And you have a birth, <laughs> which is and which... and my what I'm projecting to you is why he said in Matthew 28. When he said, baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I believe those three the three things are occurring right there. Because your old self, it's undergoing a funeral via the Holy Spirit. Dying to sin. Because the Holy Spirit is now replacing the old old one. The birth, look, is now the Father. You're now the, uh, John 1, Son That's of God. Excellent point. <laughs> 
So, by the way, I think that's why in Ephesians 4, 4, there's one body, the church, Christ's body, <clears throat> one spirit that you're given when you're baptized. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called, there's one Lord, Jesus is his name. There's one faith. He died for you, was buried and raised from the dead. You put your faith. There's one baptism. Yeah, it's an interesting story. You say, some will say, y'all think you, that's mandatory? We're like, there's one well, baptism, and you're saying there's none. We ha- we've uh, had this discussion. All right, I don't like the, that question when people say, is it mandatory? Or, you know, it just, to me, it's kind of like the guy saying, will you baptize me? You're now asking a question to me that does not fit how it works. When you're introduced to Jesus and you see the benefits of doing that, why are we then trying to figure out, is it mandatory? Who can do it? All these things mean nothing to me. Those are terrible questions. He's the one and only that can remove your sin and raise you from the dead. That's why I love— Just one like him. That's why I love when people really fall in love with Jesus, and then that subject comes up. And you, there's no ask it. They're running. And we, we've all seen those people. So what did you tell the gentleman that said he wanted you to baptize him and he was eight states away? That's what I told him. I told him 1 Corinthians one seventeen, And then I said, find someone to baptize you and then remember these three things. And I, I did the funeral, the wedding. and, and So the, this is interesting. I hadn't thought about it since you brought that up with the three. When we were in school, <clears throat> it was sort of a joke. But the thing was – your role as a preacher or pastor in a church, typically there's three things you never want to miss out on with families. And we, they used to say hatch, match, and dispatch. That's right. I so thought it, about that. It was those three things. Like, in other words, when people have their children, you know, they would always tell us, make sure you're there. You know, you're there. You realize, welcome. You realize Al's going to be preaching this Sunday. It's, it's good stuff. <laughs> well, I'm writing down notes right now. <laughs> Look, so let me He's finish. gathering. This, this He's is how putting I, his sermon together. <laughs> this is how I study now. <laughs> From the bowels of the... The, uh, the uh, redneck uh, command center. Yeah. <laughs> the unashamed command center. That's so right. look, so let me you're, fit- you're below the theological level when you're speaking to your dad. Here or your brother? Well, no, I, I can take yeah. it. I can take it higher. I just need to stuff in the weeds. That's what I'm getting for that. Right. But that, that, I thought it was a good point. I wanted to bring it up. But to finish my story, so we have the service together. It's great, you know. And then all of a sudden, I start getting messages on my phone, praying for y'all. Hope y'all make it, you know. Pray. I was like, what's going on? You know, I hadn't turned on the TV in days. So I turned it on. It says like, the man who didn't know who Dr. Fauci was, just yeah. just, just to show you how unplugged so, he is. Well, I realize now <laughs> who he was because I'll watch TV, but I won't have the sound on, and uh, which is kind of weird. Because that, that way, if something comes up a bulletin, I can read about it, but I don't want to hear him talk. <laughs> so now I got it because I remember seeing that, that doctor up there, and Trump is so big. And he's like he's a smaller fella. He's little, and yeah. just and but they're like always together now. And I'm like, oh, it's it's it the little reminded guy. me of the movie, you know, <laughs> where the guy had the little guy next to him, you know, uh, I can't remember what that the mini me or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. And so anyway, all of a sudden, TV, you know, this is not a test, you know tornado warning everyone's phone started going off you know tornado warning imminent so i've only had to do this one other time 
and I'm sure y'all got the same message. Yeah, we went over. We were at my house, which is yeah. the little smaller one. We all went over to the big house, yeah, to the not brick the house. Place you want? No, be, I don't want to be in my double. My, my Generac went out. Oh, I went went. Ooh, lost power. Ten seconds goes by. I'm way down here. So I thought, well, I better have me a backup power source. So when the tornado came through. I said power lines went down somewhere because yeah. the we solid dark in the house. Well, did y'all just sit in your? We had a debate. I counted ten seconds. The generac kicked on and gave me my power back. And I said, Miss Kay, it's pretty rude outside out there. But that's which, all. Which, by it. the way, growing up, that would have been awesome because we didn't have that here. Right. And so, so I, I remember one frozen winter do you remember this in the early 80s oh yeah we had no power out here because the ice took oh, all the lines for, out for two weeks yeah it days. was two weeks of that's no the reason that generic the reason we didn't have that back then so you'll know <laughs> i know is <laughs> my house cost twenty nine thousand dollars <laughs> And With the Generac that? cost twenty five thousand. So the, the Generac no, was out. No, look, not just your house. Two houses and seven acres cost twenty nine thousand. That's what's amazing. I yeah. mean, they were basically. I'm still here. You basically paid twenty nine thousand for the seven acres, and they just gave you the two houses. That's about right. And. Of course, so. of course, remember that was 1976 at about 21% interest at the time or whatever the loan yeah, was. Jimmy Carter years. I mean, you paid probably half a million oh. dollars for that 29 Have you ever paid it off? Paid it off. Oh, well, hallelujah. <laughs> but it took a so, long time. Well, I knew. Jace, I know I'm your father, <laughs> but look, you're a big stock market man. But let me show you a little figurine here with my hands. You say, at the present time, Dad, do you owe anyone one cent? And the answer is negative. Okay. I do not owe anyone. Jace, I'm yeah. giving you Jace, sound advice. Stock market up and down. You never know. You know, you have a place yeah. you can always come to. Jace don't well, have to pay your bills after you're gone. That's what so on. let me preface that since no you said doubt. I know I'm your father. I know I'm your son, but I was joking. I... Remember Romans 13, leave no debt left outstanding. A lot of people miss that because everybody's in debt, they say. But, the, but one debt that you can never repay. The continuing mm. debt to love one another. That brought tears See, it's, it's a Wait great a text. Let's, let's take a break. So, uh, Jace, we were talking about on a uh, podcast um, recently about you threatening to fire people for not watching uh, Outlaw Josie Wales. I thought that was funny. No, I, I wasn't threatening. I was – I issued an order. <laughs> well, that's – some people call that a threat. So, If so. we're going to work in the same room on a daily basis and you haven't watched Outlaw Josie Wales, we can't be friends. So Jay's perfectly illustrated to me and to our audience of why you need an HR person, a human resources person, because this that is a disaster. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Uh, and, and Duck Commander at the time when you were talking about that didn't have you know because small companies a lot of times can't afford to get an HR guy to know the guidelines of what you can say to somebody and what you can't. Because oh, I didn't know uh, HR was home run to well, me there you go. up until this again, ad. proving my point. So, so we got a company here that's come up with a great way to be able to offer your small business, uh, an HR manager without having to hire somebody uh, and spend the big bucks. And uh, they're called BAM B B A M B E E. Um, and basically 
for $99 a month, you can have your own source to having human resources to deal with people like Jace. So what that means is, is Bam B will get you a posse. <laughs> I mean, whatever works well, for Jace. I mean, the Western theme. Oh, man. there you go. I got it. Posse. So you got uh, month to month. Uh, no hidden fees. You can cancel any time so you don't have these long-term dragging-out deals. Uh, you can go and check them out. It's bambee.com, B-A-M-B-E-E.com. If you put slash Robertson, you're going to get a free uh, HR audit, uh, which is basically will let you know what they offer you. So if you go to bambee.com slash Robertson, B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash Robertson, get your free audit and check these guys out. Phil, I knew you had paid off the house. I just wanted to touch that button because I knew you were going to give me a speech about saying, let no debt remain outstanding. <laughs> Here's the point. By the way, you're there. A pandemic comes by. Trust me when I tell you. Comes Someone by. says, did you make a plan and did you make sure you carried that out? By the time you got in your 70s, you would be debt free. Oh, that was exactly the plan because that way – no matter what the government does, you know, they, they, they've been printing trillions of dollars and just shoveling it out. The left-wingers are jumping up and down saying, we're finally going to get universal health care without firing a shot because they're being forced to print trillions. I see a book here. To, what's the next trillion, <laughs> the eon after? It's, it's after quadrillion. Quadrillion. They're going to get into the quadrillion stage. Yeah, we hadn't heard it yet, but we will. Jay's right. stock market or no, I'm just looking at this. That's My greatest zero. fear is that everybody's going to get used to this government-printed money, and if inflation does not take us over, I will be stunned. So – I don't know anybody anything. I'm glad I don't because, man, I'm looking at rough times. You need to write a, a change. book. You can write a book to uh, debt free the redneck way. <laughs> Here's what you do: you move to the middle of the nowhere. You yes. start fishing. Yeah. Yes. You work with your hands and you build duck whistles. That's yes. Right. Which, uh, which you made an interesting point earlier when we were talking about um, our business. You know how we started being out here. Mm-hmm. If the pandemic had hit back in those days, we would have had little effect. No effect in terms of our working no situation effect. or all that because we were well, very isolated. Well, we're seasonal, so it it hit if it hit in now. the right season. Because right now we would be working with with ourselves. I mean, we have we're six feet apart. We were six sure. feet apart our whole life. That's right. Sure. <laughs> we were never together. Yeah. You had your little bandsaw. You had your little yeah. dipping station. Right. And so that wouldn't have Nothing would have changed. The only problem would have been blowing the calls. So how, how would that have worked? Because oh, we, we have to test our calls. We always hit a malig. Stone says he has it down now. He's the man who currently puts duck calls together. Uh, but we're not manufacturing them. We have other people who manufacture them for us. Right. They kind of used to be our competition, but now they build – the bulk of our duck calls. Well, they don't assemble them. We, we assemble that, them. Right. Stone assemble them. He said he's got it down now to where he does not need to blow them. He knows. He's got it precision. Yeah, precision. I always <laughs> We had a lot of trial and error back in the day. People would wow. ask me that because they were like, well, because like at this stage now, since everyone is being germaphobes, <laughs> if. Hey, you were a germaphobe before it was cool. Now I, y'all keep, come to y'all me, keep bringing this up, but I mean, I I, was, no, it's, I it's, use common sense. It's I, a positive. You yeah. and Trump, y'all are the leaders of the germaphobe. They would come down. to me uh, at various shows back in the day, the 70s, the 80s, and a guy would come up, 
he would blow one of my duck calls, and he says, this one, I just don't like the way this sounds. He would blow it, and then he would hand it to me and say, here, you try it. I'm like, no. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, you just blew it. He says, so? I said, dude, I don't know where your lips have been. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not blowing that thing after you blew it. And what about when they the, – Then know, they the, rub it on their pants leg. Yeah, they rub it on their pants leg like, all right, let me get rid of the germs here. <laughs> I'm like, no. Where is that? I wasn't a germaphobe, but back in the day even, I'm like, no. You know, I had that happen thousands of oh, times. Oh, me look, too. And I'd have people get mad because we'd be at a show, you know, and they would blow the duck call. If, or I would blow it and then hand it to them, and they, that's fine. And how come like, they would say, I don't sound like you? Well, they were like, well, how come you want me to blow after you? Because I, I would say, but I've blown them all. Because I had them. to test them. Right. And now I would say some study one time I read just so to get people off my back. I don't know if it was true or not because I read it on the Internet. But they say if you have a vacuum-sealed package, once you put – like if you blow the duck call and put it in the vacuum sealed package, the germs would die in like seven days. So, well, well I read that. There's so, the answer. Huh? Well, I would, well, I would share that. If it's true, there's that's it. Of course, technically, ours at that stage were not vacuum sealed; yeah. they were clamshell. But I left that out. I figured, well, it's 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 enclosed. But I mean, to me, I would rather risk the germs because I know where my lips have been. You know, so I'm like. Well, look, That's I fine. saw a thing the other day where all the disease, all the diseases of all the major pandemics have come from through the years. There was like 20 of them that had killed millions and millions of people. And 15 out of 20, none, by the way, came from the river down here. So we're safe. 15 out of 19 came from China. 15 and out of 19 of the worst viruses I'm in the history of the planet. I'm on record China. as saying. I mean, that's just weird. The sources well, of the pandemic. I said, God could be doing it because he's done it before. I have multiple texts that says he's done this before. Two, it could be China. And I added <laughs> either accidentally, oh <laughs> accidentally or on purpose. I would not, I would not uh, uh, doubt that the Chinese could accidentally or on purpose do this, come up with a, a strain of virus. I notice Are a there, lot of them comes out of China, and you say get 5,000 infected with it, send them to the U.S. and Europe where it will rip across their country, and their stock market is on the verge of collapse. I mean, and are they're, there, and they're are having there any to print more, trillions of dollars. Are there be. any more on the list? One more on the list. Uh, it could be just unsanitary conditions at a, at a wet whoa. market where they got bats hanging up, dogs, cats, and the Chinese, they don't call much. Okay. Let me tell you that. I'm but so that's glad the three, I come down here. So I that's the three possible sources. And you say, Jace? Well, number, God, China, or the bad itself hanging up, dripping well, blood. How about the evil one and demonic forces? That's that would I would put that one on the list. He he did it ever since Job. He struck him down with diseases. I tend to put that on as diseases, number one. but never never this these type worldwide type. I looked at all the verses. Well, what about the guy at the graveyard who he had all the sores all over him? You know what I mean? He was, yep. and they couldn't. Sores, him. I can go, and 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 illnesses, but a worldwide I pandemic. Mean, I think God reserved that 
for someone other than Satan. I, I could say, be wrong. No. Well, I will say, well, I, other than there yeah. are some individual cases where God allowed Satan to do certain things. But you're right. I mean, in the Old Testament, when, when there's a source of something broad, typically the Almighty says, that I did right. this to do that. that now, right. his means of how he did it, is he saying this happened and then I just took advantage of it because I created the place? I, I don't know. I, you know. It's an interesting discussion. Jace may be right, I'm glad I, I didn't come. have enough text to – to solidly well, say it could be said. Well, everybody well, has a strong they're, they're opinion. In the, I mean, the whole book of Job, that was the, what the whole thing was about. It was all a physical ailments, either on his animals, his crops, and but 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 a, like a pandemic well, he had worldwide. To, he had to ask permission, and God said, okay. But he was the one doing it. I think God withheld his power as far as Satan be behind a worldwide pandemic. Well, that's God just says, your opinion. I will do this to you if you – Turn from me and you start mocking me. He said, I will punish you with pandemics, pestilence, and plagues. Well, that's look, I'm getting a lot of emails about that, but I'm like, I mean, I'm glad I come down here because I stay up to date on all the redneck conspiracy theories. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're talking about a panic. I'm just presenting the facts about China. I mean, it it is interesting that whatever's going on there in that part of the world, and we're not talking about recent. I mean, this goes all the way back to the Black Plague. Yeah, but y'all are a little off on here. I'm pretty sure that they've proven that it came from a guy in China eating a bat. Well, that's what they got it down to now. Well, they bat to hum, human but, is but what they, they were said. studying. All of these bats, they were studying them in a lab in Wuhan. They're it doing tests on this, and some say that test might have accidentally jumped over to humans. I'm saying it's possible with the red Chinese. I yeah. went. Y'all don't remember Mao Zedong? He was the guy. Started in the '60s, went through the '70s. Until finally he killed enough Chinese. He killed millions. Went around and anything that reeked of Bible, you're mm. dead. So he it's was a cleansing. Way. And look, it was up to 80, 90 million people he killed. My point is the Chinese don't draw back and worry about how many people they kill. They, they've True. killed them by the millions. I agree with that. True. Pandemic but, or just murder or, or prisons. But I'm just not sure with what the obsession is other than I know the Robertson family is, no matter what happens in life, in our life, through the years since I was two years old, we have to assess blame <laughs> before we can move on. Remember, I said, posi- I said possible sources. I didn't say no. the Chinese did it. I just I'm said – just making the point that it's not going to really affect where, what you do now in America right. just because you know the exact source. How is that going to affect you? Well, it wouldn't. I mean, other than you hopefully can stop it from happening again. Your best point, Al, was well, I, why, I agree, why do so many of these things keep coming 15 out of, out of 19? I just found that I amazing. I think you're missing my point. What? What? It, but it's here. Okay, now we have it. So what are we going to do about it? I'm saying you you may never know the reason. You're, you're, it, to me, it's just well, – My right. point is you're I going. wish we could somehow transport ourselves to China and help these people figure out why they keep putting pandemics out. Of China, something's going on there. Somebody needs to look at it. the it's argument. Like, oh, the I, Chinese wouldn't do that to their own people. Do this on purpose. I'm like, oh, they've done it before. 
They've killed millions of their own. Well, I think once the guy went to the square and try in the in yep. the idea of freedom, and they shot him yep. on national TV, a lot him and a lot more people. Well, we yep. knew they were capable of a lot of things. And that is my point. And that was so, twenty five. And that's why I do commend people for sharing Jesus in China. Because that's truly the way. Well, Jace, to on. your credit, we've pretty well between the three of us here in about the last ten minutes, we've pretty well laid out a deal on where it could have come from. I mean, we gave sources and said, "Well, it could come from here. God, He's done it before. Well, China, they've done it before." <laughs> we we report. You decide. Let's take a break. Yeah. Well, what about First John? Which I know we're way off what we were going to talk about. <laughs> That's but, okay. John 4 is still waiting on us. First John 4, listen to this. Because, look, you, 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 you hit a nerve with me because a lot of in, in religion, there's a lot of people going around in positions of authority. I mean, like preachers, pastors, teachers, and they're sharing with people what God told them. It's happening. Now, look, here's here's me. I'm like, well, how do you know? How do we know this is from God? Because, number one, I have a Bible. And if if someone is sharing what God told them and it's contrary to this, well, I'm already suspect. That's why I phrase, my phraseology was possible, possible. sources. I don't no, I'm know. Not, I'm I don't not, know where this thing came yeah, from. Targeting, targeting you. I'm just saying when you try to find the source of something, I just took that to mean I see that same kind of concept happening like somebody speaking like, God told me this is where all it I came have, from. All I have is the Bible. Yeah. He and, doesn't speak to me audibly out here in the woods. <laughs> all I have is my Bible, and it, he said plenty, and I think he said all he's going to say about it. And you did search the <laughs> Bible for you. speaking directly to you. It just made me think of what people do. But I wanted to read this because it says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Yep. Because many... False prophets have gone out into the world. This is how we you can recognize the Spirit of God. And this is my point. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. I'm going to always get any situation, that whether it's a pandemic or a tornado, two totally different things. We've had both in the last couple of days. I'm telling you. I mean, it's one thing I'm having to dodge a pandemic. Now I'm having to dodge a tornado. It's hard to dodge a do- tornado when they say, go down to the basement, you know, cover your head with a pillow but, like but that's going to do something. social distance on your way. Well, yeah, but don't. But stay six feet apart in case you get the coronavirus. I'm like. Wash your hands before you go yeah, to the basement. Yeah, before you go to the basement, wash your. And look, and Missy's parents sent a picture. Because they sit there like, hey, did y'all hear there's a tornado come? I mean, we're in the basement. You know, it's Missy and I, Mia, and Karina. Yeah. You know, we're in a, right. and, and our little lap dog. And they're like, let's go get biggin'. And I'm like, that joker smells like the, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's living down the pen. I said, I can get another dog to get my ducks. Now, I can't get another one I can cuddle with. So the lap dog's <laughs> in, it's clean. So, but they sent us a picture. Missy's parents, well, her mom had a helmet on. They were, <laughs> they're a in a closet. <laughs> and she has a helmet on. Like a motorcycle helmet? No, like a football helmet. Oh. I'm not sure where they got it. That's <laughs> most, it's hilarious, you know. Falling limbs, I guess. <laughs> 
Hey, we're, we're in a tornado. But my point is that how does it I, – I get these things to relate to Jesus because I started off telling you that story. And you can read the first, the rest of First John, but I'm like – I looked at my daughter and I looked at Karina and I looked at Missy. They, they, they weren't panicked. I mean, they're like the tornado is imminent. The, you know, I mean, I just thought – and, of course, Missy was like, hey, I'm ready, you know. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm, my daughter must be in a good place because she was – everyone Well, you seen, just heard a sermon where I talked about the <clears> – <throat> one of our weapons, uh, is if resurrection weapons was no fear of death. That's what I was getting at. I, I was like, <laughs> we're, it's, it, it's resurrection day, and now we're under a tornado warning. I'm like, this is the invitation song <laughs> to the sermon. I said, babe, this is the first time we've had an invitation <laughs> in weeks. The knowledge of the resurrection. It was a siren warning. The knowledge of the resurrection of Jesus, thereby promising us the same thing, uh, it really comes to the forefront when a, a pandemic or a tornado is coming across the top of your house. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm a child of the resurrection. And just now, if it's not true, hey, so be it. Right. But at least you have hope. Yeah, that was one of our points in our sermon, Mike and I, was that, you know, we get certain weapons because we talked about how we've been fighting an invisible enemy ever since mm-hmm. we became a Christian. So the yep. idea of a pandemic to us, we go, hey, we get it. There are forces at work against us you can't see. And so, I, I guess so we don't <laughs> cause confusion. My whole point about this is, is you can spend your time trying to figure out the cause or the blame or people can talk about what God told them and all. No matter what the problem is, because we have many problems. Right. I mean, the pandemic's a problem. We have our own personal problems. Sure. We have past sins that have caused problems. We, you know, the tornado was coming. We were looking at it on the radar, and right when it got to us, it veered yep. to the left. Now, you could say, well, you know, God did that. He, he saved us. You know, I, there it is. I got proof. Well, that I can't prove that. And what about the people? I was going to say, what about was the over, folks that were in the veer? There, there were over 20 people that didn't make it. I saw one of the people that didn't make it was a deputy sheriff in Mississippi. Yeah. And when I read the story, you know, he shielded his wife in an effort to save her life. And he did. But he died as a result of it. And I'm like, so people are looking. When you start going down that road trying to assess blame and figure out why. I just think that's the wrong way to look at it. I Don't focus on the problem is my point and the meaning it, of it. It's our reaction. The it? solution is always Jesus. I, my point in First John is that he's going to answer all those problems in some capacity. Okay, you get the coronavirus and you love Jesus and you die. Guess what? You're coming back. Guess what? You can use having the disease to show how you're not worried about dying because Jesus is your Lord. You know, I mean – and that's why I go back to the book of Job. That whole situation happened was because the evil one had a debate, which is I lean toward giving blame toward the evil one because of Ephesians 6. Our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We start talking about the virus and what happens in your flesh and blood. And, you know, Paul said our battle is against the spiritual forces of evil. I just think they do more. And I think when I look at something as ugly, as a virus attacking the elderly and those with already who are sickly. I, I just think that's so gross. 
I tend to lean toward that's from the evil one. Very that, possible. That, that's just my way of thinking. Let's, it's t- possible. let's, uh, let's take a quick break. So I, <clears throat> I agree with the big picture of that too, Jay, because there's no doubt when Job starts, <clears throat> the first kind of round of the stuff he went through, you remember he fell down and he worshiped God. Mm-hmm. And he just said, you know, I didn't come here with anything. I don't, I'm not leaving with anything. I still trust in you. And then you go through the whole book, and it's 43, 42, 43 chapters long. At the end of the day, it was the same story. Like, you know, he at the end of the thing, he just said, I still don't know, but I'm still not going to curse God. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, he it's never, an incredible he never story. really knew <laughs> exactly what happened to him other than God just said, Look, you got to trust me that I'm. What's in interesting is. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Bruce Malone made the point in his book, Have You Considered uh, Evidence Beyond Reasonable Doubt? He said, it's interesting that, that, that Job got back the exact number of children that he lost. Yeah, restored his, his new family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and in other words, and you said, well, I wonder why he gave him the exact amount. Why didn't he double it? Because, you know, the the first children were, were died. Yeah. Well, he gave him back the same amount, and Malone's point was the ones who had died were still alive, so he just gave him the same number. You see what I'm saying? Well, that's true. And look, I don't instead want... of giving him twenty new children, he right. just gave him the same amount that yeah. he had lost. Right. But both groups were alive. Well, I mean, I'm not sure what that means specifically, but I will say this: I'm that's not a pretty good point. I'm not sitting here saying that God doesn't discipline those He loves. You got Hebrews twelve. Yeah, twelve. It's clear, yep. and you you go in the Old Testament. He, he as a father, you have to bring about pain to your children sometimes for them to learn a lesson. Look, trust me, I did it with my kids, and it, yep. it did not seem pleasant at the time. I think that's what the exact mm-hmm. first yeah verse says. But later on, and and to to God's perspective, diseases and and suffering and even death is not a problem. So the humans are the ones that have a hard time relating to that because God is life. He is, you know, all the things we said. He's love. I mean, everything's going to work itself out from an eternal perspective. And so for us, we struggle and get mad at God because we're like, well, why did he allow this to happen? In Job's case, that that was the question. Mm-hmm. I mean, God was like, the evil one said, if you turn me loose, he'll, he's not going to follow you. And so, well, God knew that. So he follows you because you blessed him. If the blessings drive, he'll drive. What's interesting is Job's friends, there's three or actually four friends that show up in this back and forth, and they were all convinced that Job – You've messed up somehow. <laughs> well, wouldn't you think <laughs> their whole, their whole speech? Al, that's was, why I brought up Job because that's what we do. I'm talking about the Robertson family. <laughs> oh, something happens. Somebody we go it. to the duck blind and we talk four hours. Why you brought this on yourself? <laughs> Not what are we going to do about it? And that's why I said we're such blame shifters, which it just annoys the heck out of my wife. You know what I mean? She's like, every time we get into an argument, she's like. Have you not realized we don't have to figure out why and whose fault this was before we can go on? I'm like, well, I'm just trying to, you know, figure it out. But I see myself doing the same thing. I want to analyze it. I'm like, no, what were you thinking? Why would you do this? Yeah, Dad's favorite famous line that started out so many conversations was, why would a man? And then he goes into his thing. Well, let me just tell you this story. Why would a man? Let me tell you this story. You think why do things happen and how people respond? All right, I go get some new tires on a truck. I'm 20 years old. 
new on the family truck. I get new tires, and I'm gonna pull into the gas station, fill it up with gas. The gas station that we always stop stop mm-hmm. at seven eight miles. It's the last trip, you know, on the way down here. Seven eight miles up the road. I'm I'm 20 years old. I'm in a fog, you know. I'm I'm thinking about whatever. We you had were a, actually on your way home. You'd gone yeah. to class that day, and I was sick and didn't go, which is pertinent to the story because it probably I, saved my life. But I just got new tires. Yeah, you did. And I had a you know that truck was a standard. One uh, standard. Yeah, standard on, 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 the, the, on, the, on the column. And uh, which look, if you've never driven one of those, get off my back because it's not easy. <laughs> So I was going to turn, there's a slight hill, into the store. I'm kind of in a daze anyway. I uh, Would you explain most of your thinking of, during that era? Yeah. Just so you know. I think I put it, you know, in neutral whatever, which is, in, you were the, probably is in the middle. Yeah. yeah, but I actually put it in second gear, which was straight up. I do remember. I think it was straight up. Yeah, it does. Straight up. Yeah. yeah. Straight up. Low, and, up, low. And so, well, right when I did that, you know, the truck stalled. And you know how it would rattle. Yeah. Well, about that time, here comes a truck with this long trailer. I mean, carrying thousands of pounds. Basically, the equivalent of an 18-wheeler going about 60 over that hill. I went, oh, boy. I mean, I, my, and you were broadside, right? Well, I was kind of almost straight on, so I, in a hurry, tried to get it in first and move, but it stalled. And so basically all I did was go from it he probably would have gone around me, but I, I just kind of, I didn't panic, but I was just like, let me get out of his way. You were very lucky. I got broadside. Yeah. Well, that joker hits me, and they say I spun seven or eight times, bounced off the telephone you went pole. went out the uh, passenger window and back in. I went out said. the window. I do remember that, because I remember at one time being, I was hanging waist out of the passenger window. I just remember that thought, thinking, oh, wow. <laughs> and, and so when it was all over, it basically turned that truck into a sardine camp. Oh, yeah. And so when I kind of came to, because I didn't really pass out, but I, you know how you kind of black out, mm-hmm. whatever, during all that. Well, when I opened my eyes, there's a guy with his head sticking in the driver's side. I'm on the passenger side, like below the glove box. Well, it was a guy we had baptized years ago who I knew had fallen away. So when I first saw him, I thought, oh, boy, I went to hell. Because <laughs> I, I knew that guy. I thought, I didn't make it. How did I not make it? And look, his his face was terrified looking at mine because I didn't realize my face was so bloody. You know, you hit the glass wind. sticking yeah. all in. You know, the bill of my cap actually saved my eyes because it, it went over my eyes, so the re- I had glass hanging out my ear, you know, sticking out my neck. I mean, it looked like I was just dead. And so then I was losing a lot of blood, so I kind of passed out a little bit. Well, the next thing I remember, I opened my eyes, and here's Phil. They don't, somebody's called you. You remember that? Uh, Phil standing over me. Look, first thing I remember him saying, what were you thinking? <laughs> You I'm, li- I'm literally bleeding to death in the hospital. Feels like, what were you thinking? And Kay why was over would there a man saying, turn into a Yeah, he's like, I mean, why? I looked at it. I see the tire marks. I mean, you just pulled right out in front of him. I'm like, thanks, Phil. I'm dying here. Give me the hospital. As I load up, 
<laughs> in the ambulance. What were you thinking? So anyway, actually, can you believe that the only ailment I have besides cuts and bruises, which were pretty severe, but I mean they healed up. I don't. I have a scar under my, my chin. in my chin that's really bad, but I really was fine. You know, my shoulder was a, a, you know, I think I tore my labrum or whatever. But I mean, in the grand scheme of you things, you were very fortunate. Yeah. So, so let's take a break. So one, as you know, it's funny. So you tell this story. So all this time, I thought about it once you were okay and all that about if I had been with you. But then I thought about it later when we were together. I usually drove. So. Now, I was thinking all this time, like, it saved my life because I wasn't in there. But now that I'm thinking, if I'd have been driving, I'd have been paying attention, and it, we, I'd have so. never had a wreck. So I don't know. Who you knows? know what's you weird? Know? I, had a, I went to a It's a, a weird, dangerous little place. It is, because there's a rise right there. It's been several weeks. And that's there's several wrecks There's 55 miles an hour, and there's a rise. Where there's, been, there's been several a lot wrecks, of wrecks there. Uh, yep. You know, one of my friends from school lost his life there in the same place. So I, it made me feel a little better about it, but not really. But you know what? I, what was weird is psychologically, you know, when you think about God working, I had a problem for the next two or three years thinking that I was indestructible because I am because of the Holy Spirit. No, that's true. But I did start doing crazier things. You were like the Bruce Willis character on that movie. I really struggled with you, you that. You thought you were unbreakable. You know, I started doing more dangerous things. It's like even in something silly like frog hunting or whatever, where before I'd say, you know, I might break a leg if I jump over that log while the motor's going 20 miles an hour. Where before I would, you know, there's some things I just wouldn't do. I just started doing them. <laughs> so it's but then, called it's called the 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 absence of common sense. <laughs> I finally realized, you know what? I have the Holy Spirit of God, and God is for me. But I just don't want to die stupidly. Yeah, so I need to back off. A you don't want to have one of the the redneck thing is hold my beer and watch this famous last words. You know, of a well, redneck. I'll get down to that John four. Oh, it's over. Oh no, Phil, we're not getting. <laughs> we're, that we're cow at the, left the bar. <laughs> We're at the to be continued mode of the podcast, but you know what? I think I think it was a good question to ask on why things happen, and, and, and I want to finish with this because we're going to get to John nine eventually because we're in John four now. But it may be next look, year, so hang on. Jesus had every opportunity in the world to answer that question. Yep. Those Pharisees come up there. Here's this man born blind, and they specifically said, why did this happen? Whose fault that this person was born this way? Did we sin? Did he sin? Did his parents sin? Whose fault was that? Somebody sinned if it, he's blind. It's like we have a drum roll moment, and here Jesus can explain it. And what did he do? He did not answer the question. He didn't talk about why. He didn't blame Schiff. He ignored that. He said, this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. He went to the future. So that's my argument on our side of that. Always go, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to allow Jesus to be Lord of your life, and how is this going to help you do the same thing with others and try to share Jesus with them so they can put it in their, put him in their life. That's where I'm always going to go to. I agree 100%. And that's exactly what I, we preach. At least about an it. event won't shut you down because if you dwell on that's things, right. it shuts you down. You're just saying move forward. Look, that's why if the, if the, never looking back, if the mob of people panics, 
you know, we look at that and say, well, I'm not going to panic. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a son of God. When everybody's hoarding, we're like, well, I'm not going to hoard because right. God's going to provide. I mean, it just. Am I going to go right? When I see those people right, when something happens, I think they need Jesus. That's right. Yeah. They don't get it. Look, what did the coronavirus and these tornadoes do that we didn't know? It reminded us that we're perishable. We need Jesus more than we need the next breath of fresh air, as one of our friends always says. Mm-hmm. It's true. It didn't it didn't tell us anything. We may get sick and die. You might have died of the flu. You know, we right. don't we don't go all up in arms about that, which is why people bring that up. But all it does is remind us on why we need Jesus. And you see the resiliency of people despite pain and suffering. They're like, Okay, yeah. I'm and look, as uh, as we sign off today, I, I'll just first of all I want to thank everybody. I got a lot of emails. I'm sure Jace did. I got texts. Some a lot of people from that follow the podcast, but also people around the country asking about us because they saw Monroe, Louisiana, and everybody said, "Oh, wait a minute, that's where the that's where the duck guys are from." So thank you for that for checking in. We all came out fine in terms. We came of, close, but we did get hammered, and our poor oh, yeah. our poor airport got. Hammered, yeah. so I don't know. There'll Planes be planes no, all tangled up. There won't be any flying. It's a good thing we're not doing a. Uh, if, oh, we're, if we were doing a, I a, saw a big tree damage down here. Fortunately, it just had fallen on the ground in my yard, but not on top of the house. Yeah, there's a lot there of trees was some down rumbling here. back up on my roof. I don't know exactly how big they were, but so I heard boom, boom, we, boom. We had a debate whether you and Kay had. You know, tried to go to the lowest place. So I never afraid. moved. I, I said that, so I can't wait till I see me. I said, let me yeah. tell you something. Phil Robertson is sitting in his chair right That's now, right. probably right. in the dark because electricity's on. No, he's got his gin uh, back or whatever. Yeah. I was in the dark for 10 seconds. The Generac kicked on, and I said, Generac. So I do want to say this. Uh, we were spared. Our area was spared. Even though there was a lot of damage, we had no fatalities here, which was a blessing for Washtenaw Parish. But I know that same storm system killed some people along the way. And so we just want to let the audience know. I know you may know some of those people. So we've been praying for you guys and uh, just pray that uh, you can put things back together again as well. So. So we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. And be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast.